This, 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 this is mythical. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we're gonna talk about some of your most embarrassing holiday memories. Cause we thought, you know what? The holidays are strange this year and strained. I mean, a lot of plans have been altered or canceled altogether. I mean, as we've discussed, neither one of us are going home for the holidays because of because of the pandemic and and all the unknowns and um so we're you know, we're sitting here in this in this weird holiday experience, different from any we've ever had. And I just thought it would be it would be fun to to talk about embarrassing things that have happened over the holidays, so then we could at least say, if you're not going home, if you're not seeing your loved ones, you could at least be like, well, at least the chances of something that embarrassing happening have gone down drastically. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I can embarrass myself in front of my own immediate family. <laughs> I guess it is harder to do though, especially depending on what kind of family you you go home to. Like, if you're if you are like a new spouse, which we've got a couple of those situations, like uh-huh. going home to, for Christmas with your new spouse for the first time, mm-hmm. or you're just like a new boyfriend, girlfriend kind of thing, like I think that's where there's the most potential for embarrassment, because you're entering into an unknown situation, you don't know how they're gonna treat you, you don't know what kind of things they're gonna say, it, I mean, what kind of environment are you walking into? Are you, gonna, are you gonna say the wrong thing? Are you gonna look at somebody the wrong way? You gotta not understand Uncle Barry? <laughs> Uncle Barry. You know, you don't have to worry about that this year. Yeah, that, that's, been, that's so long ago for us. I, I, can, I, can, I can barely remember just getting to, like before they were oh. my in-laws, like going, going, going in on Christmas with them or whatever. I, but, but it Me was a high pressure situation. But you too, I had a whole lot of interaction with my wife's family even before we started dating really. Because that's how that's how I got to know Jessie was by knowing her family first. So it was a little bit less of a, and definitely by the time we were married it was Wasn't like. pressurized. Yeah, we live, we live, actually we lived above their garage. That's right. In that little one bedroom with a slanting, uh, the slanting roof that I had to, I had to duck just to walk around up there. Well, I mean, we 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 grew up around our families. Like whenever, like I, you know, Christy started being introduced to my family. It was like once that was more of a dating thing than a holiday thing because we all lived in relatively the same area. But for other people, yeah, it's like introducing someone to your significant other for the first time happens a lot around the holidays. That's just what. And you were. We also weren't. I mean. As different as your family might be from your wife's family or my family might be from my wife's family, 
we're still all a bunch of people from New, from North Carolina. Like it's not like you're going you're go, yeah. you're going to a whole different culture or something like that. So it was like I kind of know what I'm getting myself into here, right? Um, well, before we get into those stories, though, I have an embarrassing story um, that I already told you, but now I'm going to tell everybody. Everybody needs to hear this. Um, it's not embarrassing for me, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not know. really a holiday story either, but. I felt a little. I it, it. I felt a little embarrassed uh, when you when you share the full extent of it with me. Okay. Well, but let them have it. Um, yesterday, as a matter of fact, this happened. We're recording this on a Monday, and yesterday, uh, I took the boys, my two sons, Locke and Shepard, on a Sunday drive. Now you've you've been doing some family driving, and you've early, talked about that during the pandemic. Very early on in quarantine, it was like, you know what? We're just going to drive around. We're not. We're going to see what's happening or not happening, but we're not going to get out of the car. We're going to see in the safety of a car. Uh, that kind of tr- trickled off after a while. And I was just like, I'm going to take the boys, kind of get them out. And you know, there was like talk of going trickled surfing. Off. That's a little foreshadowing for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were talking about maybe like going to the beach or going surfing, but we're like, what if we just drove and we stopped at a bunch of places and you know, we've got one of the most famous drives that you can do in the entire world is the PCH. And it's right here, we can just get on it. The Pacific Coast Highway is what that stands for. So this is the highway that goes right up the coast. So we- The one. I had never eaten at this place called Neptune's Net, which is the place- I, I haven't either. Now- it's it, It's pretty far north. It's, all, a, it's a county line beach. So all the way at the county line between. Oh, above Malibu. Yeah, I mean like if you're Oh, you on went the way piece, up there. Well, that was the whole idea. We were gonna drive all the way to Oxnard. See what see what Oxnard's all about. The, you know, it's oh. kind of a weird name. And uh, I've always kind of been interested in like what's going over here, what's, what's happening in Oxnard and Ventura. Uh-huh. But we never make it out that way. And I I had uh, had had intentions of eating at Neptune's Net at for some time, but of course, you know, with COVID and everything, wasn't making my way down there. But I go online and there's like a drive-through situation. And let me tell you, not that Neptune's Net needs any more business because it was it was very busy, but they have it figured out. What do you mean? Is it is it like a fried seafood place? I think that they are probably most known for their fried seafood, but they also have um, grilled seafood. Okay. Fish tacos, hamburgers, lots of things. But they got the drive-through COVID thing figured out? Very well. They have some outdoor seating, which we didn't do. We were just like, we're gonna do the drive-through thing and maybe like eat in the car, you know? Safety first. Uh-huh. I'm always on the fence about fish and chips. I, I don't want to talk about fish and chips. I want to talk about what happened. I know, but I gotta say that, this I though. I, I got I gotta say this, man. They they got they they if you are on the fence about fish and chips like I was, this will completely redeem it. So um that was our first stop, driving all the way up Malibu. And we stop at Neptune's Net, go through the drive through, get our food eat it in the car, and then we're like, all right, let's take a little stroll down to the beach. Let's go down to the beach, and okay, I'm premising this with letting you know, I'm, I'm not a braggy daddy, but I own a Tesla. That is the car that I drive. If you're a member of the society, you've seen me drive it in some of the carpool vlogs. But I have to say that by way of setting the context for why what happened happened. So, Tesla has this thing called sentry mode. 
which is there's cameras on the car and is you can have it set so that when you leave the car and it knows you left the car because your phone is the key to the car, right? Okay. And so when you get away, you walk away from the car, the car locks and it automatically goes into sentry mode, which is it is recording everything that is happening around your car. So if somebody comes up and. All the cameras that are used to, to help it navigate and know, oh, you're passing a pedestrian or another car is in your blind spot. Or like when you drive your car, it shows trash cans on the side of the road. And I actually don't think that that's using, the, I think it's using the cameras and maybe like some sort of LIDAR or something. Okay, but, but the cameras everywhere are for like. Backing up and maneuvering it. So there's. But there's they're a, constantly recording. There's a camera moment. in the front, camera in the back, and then two cameras on the sides. Uh-huh. Um, and so what it'll do, if somebody comes up to the car, it actually, if you get close to the car when it's in sentry mode, if you happen to look inside the car and you see this big screen, it'll say, Sentry mode, you are being recorded or something like that. Like it lets you know, so people who are like trying to break in, oh crap, I'm being recorded. And you have to hook a hard drive up to your to your car, like a little USB hard drive is like in the console. And so it so then when you come back to the car, it says 14 sentry mode events recorded and then you go and you watch them if you so please. So we're walking on the beach and I get uh, uh, an alert on my phone, sentry, Century recording initiated or something like that. Uh oh. And then it was like car alarm in initiated, which has never happened. You know, and the whole time I've owned the car. Could you stop it? Or what did you do? Did you run back to the car? No. Because I was like, this is probably just um you can't like look into the you can't it's not like a nest cam where you can like look and see what the car is recording from your phone. I was just like, this is probably one of those there's so many motorcycles on the PCH and lots of loud motorcycles, and I was like, this is probably just a loud motorcycle going by and setting the alarm off. Because hmm. I'd seen so many. So I didn't, we, we kept walking around, and then we go back to the car, and uh, you can go, you can bring up the files, and there's a little red dot on the, like the, the, you know, you can scroll to the red dot to see what the event was. Yeah. And so we just like, okay, there's like 15 events recorded, I'm like, Let's see what set the car the car alarm off. And we were kind of doing it just to have fun, you know, showing the boys like, like how this works. Fun, yeah. And uh, so we kind of go through. Most of it is just people walking past the car. Is is what set the is set the little red dot off. And then, oh, here's where the car alarm went off. Oh yes, it was a giant Harley that went by like and just set it off, you know. Wow. But then there's this other event, and we scroll to it. And uh, not just to give you an idea, the camera on it's like the camera is in the rearview mirror, and it's fa and it's and it's sh showing you like the length of the car, like like I, I would call down it a, the car. I would call it a blind spot mirror, like it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's shooting behind, like past the car where a car would be in your blind. So spot. if someone comes and stands next to you to your car. You see their entire body, but the camera is really kind of focused right on their midsection, which is important. Yeah, or like where, where yeah, where you would aim a camera if someone were in a car driving the past middle of the body, car level. Now, in addition to people on motorcycles, there's lots of people on bicycles, and we see oh, there's an older man, <laughs> um, you know, who's been riding a bicycle. He's got the full like bike gear on and the helmet. And he walks right up to our car, looks over his shoulder, 
and then whips it out. <laughs> and by it, I mean his penis. <laughs> <laughs> Why you gotta say it like that? His wiener, man. <laughs> say his wiener. His wiener. <laughs> <laughs> and proceeds to urinate. <laughs> um, uh, and it's one of those things that once you start seeing it, you can't. It's not like I mean we we just me and the boys just start laughing hysterically. <laughs> well, let me tell you, uh, Rep played this video for me. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that I was begging to see it, but <laughs> but I know, didn't I didn't tell you what you were about to see. I you you didn't you didn't you didn't describe like the the composite of the shot to the point where you've just described it to yeah. everyone listening now. And I would, I mean, just picture if you needed to pee and there was a webcam at like, like at like groin level and you just walked, you walked up to it and peed right next to it. Like, yeah. like I mean, face, like hips squared up yeah. to the camera. Right. Just like, it wasn't like, oh, I can see this. I can tell this guy's peeing and he's peeing like away from me or at a, well, he at was like peeing, a profile. He was a peeing away from he everything was, else except the camera. He was peeing <laughs> basically know? right towards the camera. Right, but he was peeing away from like the road and the people. I mean, he was like, he was, but he was parallel with the road, I guess. He didn't turn away, which is, it's almost like he knew how Teslas work, but I don't uh, think, I don't think that he does. I don't think he did. But he, you should know this. He had no, he had no, so no pee fright. Yeah, well, it was just it, in lane, like there it was, and then here it comes. And I completely understand when you're biking down the PCH, you, you got to find stop, a spot, right? Yeah. And this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna go on the side of the road, just like people who get finished surfing and they just pee on the side of the road. It happens often. I mean, and I don't have anything against the guy for doing it, but I, I'm just saying. I just don't know why we sat there and watched. It's like once you know what's happening, I don't. You know, we we didn't just stop. We watched the whole event. Well, it didn't last that long. It was a, it, I mean, it was pretty short. It must stop quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, it was it maybe was, seven seconds total. It was crazy, man. Well, I mean, it's just like my was... boys got the biggest kick out of it because, <laughs> you know, first of all, they kept just talking about how great of a day they were having. They were like, "We oh. got to do this more often." Oh, that's good. But then when they would talk about what they would remember, they'd be like, "Well, the main thing we're going to remember is that is that old man peeing on the camera." <laughs> He didn't, the pee didn't go on the no, camera. No, 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 but he peed on camera. Yeah, on he camera. He didn't pee on the camera. <laughs> um, Squared right up to it, man. I mean, it's, it, it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been more for, fortuitously framed. Well, here's the thing. I think this serves as a warning, right? Now, of course, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna, I mean, that, that footage lives on my hard drive, which I guess I will delete it. Um, but for the video version, we're cutting to it, right? <laughs> yeah, right. No, we're not. We are obviously not sharing that. Uh, although he would, I mean, he did, it was a public urination situation. That's illegal. You're, you're technically not supposed to do that. Um, and of course, uh, I didn't film him. There was no permission involved. It was just, you do this next to my car, and my car records things. Just, I don't know what the legalities of that are. I, I you know, I would, give, I would give him high marks for his, um, Accuracy. His post shaking regimen. Like he had a very rigorous. Oh God. <laughs> he, he ended with a very rigorous shake. Well, he's about to get back on a bike. <laughs> I mean, he yeah. just, I mean, I, I, I was afraid it was going to fall off um, for a second there. It was but very rigorous. Just let this be a warning. The shaking. If you've got to urinate in public, I mean, first of all, fi maybe find a different way. What's the frame rate of your camera? Can we can we slow that down? I'm not. I am not watching it again. Okay. <laughs> Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Come on, man. 
Uh, do not do it next to a Tesla. I mean, I, I'm sure more. I'm sure more cars have this feature, but just so, just so you know, Teslas they all got this feature. Now, whether or not somebody's got it turned on or not, I mean, I think why not turn it on? Let's not use the phrase "turned on." <laughs> in just this don't story. do it. And it's, if you're gonna pee next to a Tesla, face away from the Tesla. Don't like get parallel and like pee towards the mirror because there is a camera in there, right there. Right there. Yeah, right there. Waste level. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was. it's gonna be hard to forget that, thank you. I mean. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> I mean, I think we probably just saved some people a lot of heartache. You know, people are like, hey, I gotta pee, hold on, don't. Get, go pee next to an old car. You know what I'm saying? Just pee next to an old car. The older the car, the safer it is to pee next to it. Oh man, yeah, that, that's embarrassing. I was embarrassed to be watching that, okay. but it's over. Yeah, it's over. You know what? I didn't do anything wrong. No one did anything wrong. Well, that, he did something illegal, uh, but. I mean, yeah, okay. All right, so we're gonna get into your embarrassing stories. We're gonna react to those. See, what, see what's shaking on your front. Oh God. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Really, shaking <laughs> on your front? I, I kind of meant it that way. But I was like, what's shaking on the home front? What's shaking on your front is not even the same. <laughs> no, it's not. I was trying to make it work. Ear Biscuits is supported by DoorDash. I'm keeping less alcoholic beverages in my house um, lately. I'm kind of on that swing of the pendulum. Okay. But I will say, there's times when, when you wanna crack open an adult beverage. Yes, it happens. Sometimes amongst friends, sometimes alone. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't I, wanna get into the details. I recommend with friends. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol deliveries with DoorDash. Whether you're hosting, sending a congratulatory gift, or just staying in to chill with a cold one, DoorDash is an easy call. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top shelf. With thousands of stores all over the country, you're sure to find what you're looking for and more. They have it all, beer, wine, mixers, and for those that don't drink, mocktails and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code EAR. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening, any evening. Terms apply, must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. Let's start with a story. Yes, Holly, at Holly Sum, the number one. Someone. Someone, Holly Someone. I introduced my boyfriend, James, to my family by the wrong name. In my defense, I had just told, my, told him my cousin's name is Jackson, so that was fresh in my brain. At least they start with the same two letters. Yeah, so yeah, we're in this place where you're bringing your significant other home, they're meeting family members for the first time. If you, if you, if you're, if you can't get their name right, that is, that is quite embarrassing. Well, the question is how long did this go on? Was this a, uh, I would like you guys to meet um, Jackson, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> silly me, James, or was it, I would like you to meet Jackson, and then just letting it sit just, for just a while, it. and then he has to be like, um, yeah, it's actually just James, because that that that's more embarrassing. If he had to clarify, and I, there, that information is not available. We to do us. not have that information, it's not available. I choose to believe it was, it was, it was really the latter. Yeah. yeah, that like she never, she didn't, she forgot his name forever. Now I have name fright. It's the type of thing that like once you start to believe that you're gonna get somebody's name wrong, 
then you will start to get people's names wrong. There's like some psychological downward spiral that I just, I thought that naming it and being more honest about it and public with it would help. But you couldn't remember the name to name it. But it's, it doesn't, <laughs> it, it's, it's not helping that much. Like, you know, it's what, occasionally over the course of our, the job that we do, we have to say people's names. Like be it a guest on our show or if we're giving a shout out to somebody or something or other, or just referring to somebody. And if, you know, it's, it, if, if pronunciations are, are difficult, then that, that plays into my name fright too. Mm. It's like, okay, this is how you say this person's name. You gotta get it right. And so like, the more I concentrate on getting it right, the more I will get it wrong. And I just know it's gonna happen. It's well, like a self-sabotage. Do you remember, um, we're not gonna name any names, but that um, happened to me, that happened to me on, uh, on an episode of GMM. I'm not gonna tell you when it was. Oh yeah, a guest. We had a guest and uh, this person's last name wasn't necessarily straightforward, you know? It, it seems like there was a couple of ways you could go with it. And of course, we, we make sure that we know how to pronounce everybody's names. So someone came and told me, this is how you say their name. And so I was like really concentrating on like, okay, this is how you say it, this is how you say it, this is how you say it. And then we were doing our little opener where we introduced the person and not only did I say the name wrong, which I said it the way that I was told to say it in my defense, but it was wrong. And then I also. So you did say what you practiced. I said what I practiced, but then I also said the name of the thing that they were promoting wrong because it was wrong that information was also wrong. <laughs> so and then so this wasn't my fault, but I kind of and and then she well, or we he were in the middle of the show. Immediately well we had to cut to go into title. And so this person was like, by the way, it's so and so and it's the so and so thing is so and so. And I was like, oh man. And, and this person was gracious at the, at the time, but it's one of those things that you just immediately are like, oh man, now that's the only thing I can think about is the fact that I got those two things wrong. Yeah. And I, 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 it's so, I, I like saying people's names right because it makes them feel good. But then when you say it wrong, it's like, you know, you're just another person who said their name wrong. It's like you don't want to be that person. Well, does this extend, you know, the people you're dating, you should probably get their names right. But for you, does it extend to like family, not family members, but okay, somebody has a new baby in your in, in your family, like you got a new nephew or a new niece or something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, do, does name fright extend into those situations? Uh, I can't think of. Can't think of your nieces and nephews' example. names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it depends, there's a little bit of that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's happened with me yet. But if you're dating somebody, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta get it straight. Let's ask another one. Clumsy Christmas. That's like the subtitle <laughs> that I put on that one. From uh, Hikate? Is that how you would say that? I mean, H. Tyson. Yeah, Hikate. 12. Getting so drunk at my brother's ugly Christmas sweater party, <laughs> I fell down the stairs inside the house oh, in front of no less than 25 people and broke 
my coccyx. Oh, the tailbone. Spent the next few months having to sit on a special pillow at work and people thought I had hemorrhoids and not a broken ass. <laughs> I mean, so hemorrhoids are, are more embarrassing than getting drunk and busting your ass? I mean. Well, it's more drawn out. Come on. It's more drawn out if, if people think you have hemorrhoids for a it, long boy, there's, time. I mean, even if no one's watching, like falling on your butt, like b breaking your coccyx, like the end of your spine, that it hurts so bad. It's what you know. Did you did you actually break the coccyx when you broke your pelvis? No, you just bruised it, or was it uh, not? Or was it not? I mean, it, I involved? I hit. It's just one of the rings busted. That you you can either hit the rings at the bottom of your pelvis, or you can I guess you can hit the coccyx. There was some someone else we know. Maybe it was somebody who worked here. Or was it a family member that like broke their coccyx? But, but when you when you land on that thing, it's just like. You're just like, oh, it's that, it's that type of pain that there's there's nothing you can do. It's just, it your body freezes and you're just like, I'm in so much pain, I can't, I can't do anything. This is gonna last forever. And it, every millisecond is like an eternity. And it's, it's, very, it's very particular to this busting your butt issue. But yeah. in the context There's of being. There's few things that hurt in that way. But be, in the context of being, first of all, being drunk helps with the pain. But, uh, and it might actually help with the embarrassment, but think about how like you would immediately try to like walk that off. Oh. You know, depending on the kind of person you are. If you some people it, get yeah. hurt and, and gather a crowd and some people get hurt and say, ah, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm okay, I'm actually dying, but <laughs> yeah. I, I'm okay. It's like a dog going somewhere, going underneath the house to die right. or something. The thing that this brings to mind for me though is the threshold of a size of a party in which you can comfortably get too, you can drink too much, right? So it's, so I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't enjoy drinking that much and I, and I don't enjoy getting, I mean, a few drinks and, I, and I'm like, okay, I feel good, but a few more drinks, I, what, whatever happens after that, I'm gonna feel so bad that, that I just, Prevent myself from going there. Yeah, me too. And I like, think there's also like a. I've had a. I've, I've had a, like a couple of. I had too much to drink, and it, it wasn't that I got like embarrassingly drunk, but I. You got yeah, sick. I, I. It's like I skipped, like party mode, and all I remember, and it because it wasn't that fulfilling, and I went straight to this. I feel like crap mode, like worst headache ever, hangover, even even the same night, not even the next morning. Yeah. Like having a severe reaction. You know, I like to say hydrated. We know. So if, yeah, I, I've, I, I don't like drinking too much because it's it, it's just simply not worth it. Right, but so there's a- And I haven't br busted my coccyx. Well, but okay, so there's, so there's a physical, there, there's the physical effects that kind of keep me, but uh, let's just say that those didn't exist, right? Let's just say that it, there was no hangover that you had to worry about. Oh, no. There's, there's okay. still, the thing, this is what I'm trying to get at is, they're a size of a group and also a familiarity of a group that it's kind of like, okay, I'm gonna get drunk. <laughs> and it doesn't matter because I'm with my family, I'm with my really close friends, there's nobody who's, I'm, I can't embarrass myself. But okay, but there are certain settings. And I think a, a party with 25 people, we're definitely, we're in a place where there's so many people there uh, that might not even know you, or let's just say a work, 
oh, a gosh. work holiday party, which is is the classic thing for people to <laughs> get smashed at a, at a work That's holiday party, right? Um, and you just got you just got to think about it a little bit, and you got to think about it early in the night, right? Yeah, you got to think about it early in the night. Ear biscuits is supported by the farmer's dog. Dogs will eat basically anything you put in front of them, and if you're Barbara, you will like <laughs> seek it out off of tables, counters. That that woman is crazy. <laughs> uh, that woman being my dog. Uh, so it's important to be putting the right kind of food in their bowls. Right, and when you care about your dogs as much as we care about ours, you know, a thoughtful approach to what goes in those bowls makes sense. Yes, the farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. Just tell them about your dog and they'll deliver personalized vet developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. The meals arrive pre-portioned and in ready to serve packs delivered on your schedule. Millions of meals have been ordered across the country. We've been partnering with the Farmer's Dog for a few years now and they really are as good as they say. It really has never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. Get 50% off your first box of fresh healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash ear. We're not having a. We're not having a, 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 a. For obvious reasons, we're not having a party this year. Uh, yes, we are. Well, we're not having a. We're in, having a we're, virtual party. We're having party. a virtual party, and we are making drinks. I mean, people can make their own drink uh, according to some sort of holiday recipe. That who's, somebody's got to come up with that, by the way. And instead of spending money on a venue, we spent money on a mythical a mythical outfit for everyone. To everybody's going to put their mythical outfit on, yeah. and make drinks. Um. But no, but especially if you like cozy out. If you if you if you get a good bartender, they're gonna make those drinks strong, and you can get like two drinks in, and you can be like, "Uh oh, okay, another drink," and I may start regretting things. You really gotta have your you gotta have your radar on. Well, you know, for that kind of thing. And we haven't been in that environment that much. I mean, the environment that we grew up in was like anti-drinking. You know. And it was, yeah. and our families, it wasn't like. We didn't have any relatives who embarrassed themselves with getting drunk. And and yeah, and our family get-togethers, my family get-togethers, there wasn't alcohol involved. It's like, I think about that Robert Earl Keen Christmas song, <laughs> the opening line, mom got drunk and dad got drunk at our Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know that song? Right, yeah, yeah. That is a, that is a funny Christmas song. Christmas in the fa- family, uh, what, what is it? It's very funny. But it's, um. Yeah, it's just culturally, like different families, they have different they have different approaches to like getting inebriated, right? Some people and some, some some people are like, I'm, you know, if I'm drinking and I'm not leaving, I'm getting drunk, and I don't care who's here. That's just some people's mentality. And and you get to get, I mean, it seems very foreign to think getting together with family members and just just three sheets to the wind. You know, it's. I mean, there's. But I feel like that's the acceptable place to do it. Is what it I'm is, saying. It does seem safer to like if you're every, not if you're not leaving. And you know everybody. Everybody knows you. Everybody loves you. You can still embarrass yourself. <laughs> you can still embarrass. Yeah, but it's. It depends uh, on who you are. You know, it depends on what you do when you get drunk. Some people get mad. Well, some people get mad and want to start a fight. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> I, I actually think we're going there a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. But, so it's like, I mean. Hikate going to her brother's ugly Christmas sweater party and just busting her ass. I mean, you can get hurt. I mean, I that's, mean, that's that that is embarrassing. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse though. 
Yeah, so I guess, I guess. Could've broke your neck. What, what I'm saying is, uh, this is something that can be avoided this year in most places because you're probably not gonna have a holiday party. Don't you, I remember that th there were some parents when we were in high school, and maybe two sets of parents, like if you're gonna drink, just come, I, we'd rather for you to come over here and do it at our house. And of course, you know, we were in full Baptist mode around this time, I think. Well, may maybe we had gone non-denominational, but still. But we were very much. But it was from a Baptist background, which was like. Don't touch if, it, don't if drink you, it. If you're gonna drink, you gotta act like you don't. You gotta hide it. Well, and we thought, and I don't even know how what I would. But we judged those families. They were like, oh my gosh, why would a, why would a parent allow their underage drinking in their home? And it was like, it was just a, you know, I. I don't know, I mean, it's, I, I don't even, I haven't even thought about this as it pertains to uh, us as parents, but I, I do think that there, it's, it's like, there's also, a, there's a legal, there's a legal issue here. You know, when you're the, when you are the adult yeah, if some, who is providing it, yeah. the place if for some, underage kids to and drink. And then some underage kid is gonna bust their coccyx and then yeah. it, they're under your, your care, technically. That, that could be a problem. So I do think there is something to like going into like a field somewhere and popping one open versus. I'm just so surprised in all the times that we went out camping across the river. Like I don't recall ever, I mean we made. We made our we own made wine. Our own, you made your own wine and we took it out there and drank it but it just felt. Not very it much felt of it. justified. No. Yeah. It felt different. It was more like a culmination to a, a farming process. It wasn't like yeah, yeah, yeah. a clandestine let's get Drunk. I mean, there was. We didn't get anything off of that, but we didn't. We didn't like take any Mad Dog or any that stuff out. But there we did the take. Well, we took like chewing tobacco out there, you know, which is which felt different. But it was. But it was technically illegal. I mean, there were it no was technically illegal. You had to be but 18. we. If, I, I think we were, we were contributing to the local economy. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, the convenience store clerk, the the farmers on the outskirts of town. It was easier to justify. And you're not gonna, the the, the danger in, in too much chewing tobacco, at least you know in the short term, it's pretty low. I, here's what I'll say. Just moving back to drinking with your kids. Okay, let's talk more about that. Can we talk about drinking with our kids? Um, no, I, I mean, I anticipate a day when the kids are, Older, certainly of drinking age, and and much older. It's like even in grand grandkids territory. To bring the grandkids over, we're getting together for the holidays. It's like we should, yeah, we should be able to enjoy a bottle of wine together. When your kids are adults and have absolutely, kids, absolutely. of course. Like, but, <laughs> but it's right. But it's not the type of thing that like I thought you were talking about drinking with the grandkids, and I was like, okay, well, let's talk about that. <laughs> but when yeah, I, I was joking, but when we go, when we would go home for the holidays in previous years, I mean, it was drinking would be something that would like, like if my dad was out there grilling for the for like a meal, we we might share a beer, you know. When I turned 21 and like me and my dad, I think I there was like a this formative camping trip that me and my dad went on. He had a camper and like we drank beer together for right. the first time. And right. It was like a rite of passage kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it culturally because of the whole the Baptist thing, drinking was has never been and and still is not really a part of any of our family get-togethers. 
it's just a um it's just not something that that happens given that situation so it actually feels like what i said when you're like of course you can share a bottle of wine with your family it's like but that wasn't the experience that i had when i would visit family you know i mean that i mean that kind of you know you know my parents a bit all, too uptight my parents always have a, a little bit of, a little bit of wine i mean if you consider white zinfandel a wine uh, they might have like a Sutter home, a little little single bottle of Sutter home, you know. And growing up and 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 being being you know Baptist or non denominational, like they, you know, and I'll enjoy a, a glass of wine with a dinner every once in a while, kind of thing. And so even as an adult, uh, we I would still do that. But it's but again, it's there's not really nobody on either side of our family is, get, is getting. Blitz it is really into like I'm gonna make a bunch of cocktails for everybody. It's like so there's just that, right. that that just doesn't exist. But I mean, there's fun to be had with a with a nice cocktail or or three, depending on how you're spacing it and who's around. I mean, if you can't have fun like that with your family, then who are you gonna have it with? You're gonna have it at somebody at your brother's house, and you're gonna break your coccyx. <laughs> yeah, you just got to know your environment. I just don't want my my kids to grow up and then them to be totally comfortable drinking responsibly. And then they come home and visit me and they feel like they gotta tiptoe around. That's a strange thing that is not going to happen, but that did, it was something that happened with my family. I get that, so, yeah, I don't I, I don't think like, Oh, we're any, drinking a beer, but it's out here by the grill. I don't we're think there's any, any danger of that being the, being the case in your family. Moving forward, yeah. yeah, right. But it is a it's an interesting dynamic still going back home for Christmas. Like if we went back next year, it's like I bet we would have had a little bit more fun with a little bit of you know social lubrication. Well, and some people just need that just to get through being with <laughs> being with their families. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, let's not, let's not. I mean, let's not talk about it as a coping mechanism. But I'm just saying. But we could for some people. I mean, listen, I I get it. Okay, here we go. Give uh, me another embarrassing story. Don't hold back. This one is from uh, Lena. She got the name Chia Lincoln. I'm lit right now, by the way. <laughs> just, I'm just joking. On water? Uh, Chia Lincoln on Twitter, wow, okay. We always go for a Christmas Eve meal at my local restaurant. It's like a buffet self-serve thing for my village. Good luck with that. So one year when I was 13, I was walking back to my family's table and tripped on a cable running across the floor to power the Christmas tree lights and fell over. Moving to the second tweet, this is a long story. Smashing my plate oh, and food went everywhere. They cut the Christmas music to see what was going on. Was there a record scratch sound effect? I was so embarrassed I just laid motionless pretending I'd passed out <laughs> because that seemed like the least embarrassing thing to do. <laughs> My parents still tease me about it every uh, Christmas. Lena played possum. They cut the music and they're looking around to see what happened to the lights and she's laying face down in you, the dirt. Wow. Just, just still. She's this not, is remarkable. At a certain point you gotta get up. Yeah, but slowly as if you passed out. I mean, why does that make it better? It just makes people more concerned. Yeah, but it does make it significantly less embarrassing. I mean, I gotta say. Oh, you're, you're with this? Hold on. Playing possum situation? Tripping? 
Like, okay, do you do you want people to like up to like be mocking you with applause like they do at restaurants when things fall? Or do you want people to be coming up and being like, oh, <gasps> oh my goodness, are you okay? We thought you had died. Now, I, let me just let me just say, I would never do this because I am the king of trying to play things off even if they can't be played off. <laughs> so I would try to act like it was no big deal and maybe try to like say something, but this is a, I, I like this plan. Just face down, quiet, until someone comes up and rolls you over. I mean, just just the the complex nature of the the emotion of embarrassment. Can we just have an aside about that for a second? You know, it's you have to know so so much about how your personality and your culture and your situation is constructed, so that you you've done something to screw it up and you feel intense shame. Is that what it is? It's just like, yeah, I have done something that any you know. Most of the time, we feel embarrassed for things that it could have been anybody. You know, everybody's tripped and fallen, and and like stop and stop the lights, or you know, there's been ramifications. But when it happens to you, it's as if you're the only person it's ever happened to. Isn't and it's usually something. It's, and, it's, and it's usually something you, like you said, you didn't intend to do. It's not the spirit you of the holidays. You didn't intend it to go this way. Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Yes. Pets. So that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. I think what you're getting at is it would be very difficult to make a robot embarrassed. Like think of the code that would have to go into an AI yeah. in order to program embarrassment. And do we want embarrassment to be a part of the code? I mean, I think you do, right? It's hard to it's hard to trust someone who can't be embarrassed. But it certainly is admirable when somebody like just owns something that w normally would be embarrassing. Like you stand up and you're like, I tripped. I also didn't think we needed lights this year. Or you know, it's saying something to play it off for sure, but I've never thought about it this way, but don't you find, it, 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 wouldn't you find it difficult to trust someone who couldn't be embarrassed? Someone who was literally shameless. Um, wouldn't that be, I mean, either they were so well adjusted and so well, sh like. Shameless implies like doing things on purpose that most people would be embarrassed to do okay. by accident. Well, the, the, it, didn't have the ability to have shame or to just didn't have the ability to be embarrassed regardless of what they said and what they did. I mean, there are people like that. <laughs> my my Aunt Faye, she was like that. I think she's passed away. Faye I'm, passed away? I'm embarrassed to say that like, we've lost so many people on that side of the family in rapid succession 
that like, I think she was one of them, but we weren't that close. Every time she says something to me, it was just like brutally honest because she had no, she had no filter. She had no filter of if she was embarrassing anybody or embarrassing herself. And it, it was, I, I approached her with trepidation. Right. Every year at the family reunion or at the holidays, or at the New Year's Eve thing, it'd be like, she was, she was the first person to just come up to me to my face and be like, you dye your hair. <laughs> she was like, good Lord, why do you, you dye your hair, don't you? Is that why you stopped? Because of Aunt Faye? It was certainly a factor. It's like, man, I, she's exposing my, my fakeness. I, why am I doing this? This is the last straw. Uh, you just maybe you just did it too hard. I did do it too hard. Yeah, I, it crept up on me. Mm-hmm. You got too used to it. And it's it's not the type of person that I wanted to be. But I didn't want to. And I also it doesn't feel good to be embarrassed by somebody or to be afraid that somebody's going to expose you. Yeah, she and because she had the inability to be embarrassed, she embarrassed you. She yeah. made it happen in you. Oh yeah. yeah this reminds me of uh, Jesse, my wife had an aunt who passed away years ago, uh, her grandmother's sister, and um, she- Oh, you talking about the brain woman? Yeah, she, she actually had, back in the day when lobotomies were a thing. Now again, <laughs> lobo- crazy. in actual medical history, uh, the lobotomy was any sort of surgery on the brain to address a condition, right? I don't remember all the things that she was struggling with, but it was very significant, right? And it was affecting her life. So they did the experimental surgery that they did in like the 50s, where they would literally sever the connection between the left and the right brain. This is something that's been done and it's fascinating to study the people who've had their the two lobes separated because they can literally be two different people inside. It's fascinating to read the literature on this. But whatever they did when they went in there, they also got rid of any impulse to be embarrassed or self-conscious about anything. And so, and this happened when she was a teenager. So she lived her entire life, very oh, wow. pr- pr- productive life, married with kids. Uh, she was a loose cannon. She was so direct. Like she was the kind of person that you'd go and see her and you'd knock on her door and she'd open the door and she'd look at it and she'd be like, well, you've gained weight. You know, but and, and some people do that as a jab, and she was just doing it because she was like, "Well, you probably have gained weight," and she's just she's gonna just it's tell the first you. thing that came across, it came through her brain out her mouth. But I mean, Jesse's got some great stories, which I can't remember any of them for some reason at at, the, at this moment. But yeah, she she didn't she could not be embarrassed, but you knew that it was based on something that had happened to her, and so there was this forgiveness that everybody, this grace that everybody extended to her. But it's a bit much, right? So you you kind of yeah if you weren't ready for it you had to like bolster yourself to be in her presence probably yeah um, but it was really just a reflection on any any insecurity you may have because some people are like man I wish I could be like that I wish we could all just be blunt and truthful about everything but actually I don't know I don't know would we really like that and are we even capable I don't we're not capable of it. We're not capable of just getting rid of whatever it was that generated the tendency to be embarrassed about things. And it's probably, I have to assume, that if it's part of the code, it was and continues to be useful to some degree. I mean, the ability to be embarrassed about things, I think, is a pretty good social regulator. I guess as if the anticipation of it 
like once you've experienced embarrassment, you want to avoid that. It's like, okay, you don't want to, you want to, you don't want to show any weakness or any stupidity. It's like, damn, she can't even walk across the a string of Christmas lights without bringing down the whole party. You know, it's like you become a. Li- you don't want to be show yourself as a liability in any in any way. So, um, well, we talked about we've talked about this before too. I don't know how we we're coming back to this, but uh, the fact that a gorilla, like a silverback gorilla, in order to express dominance over another silver silverback, will get an erection in the middle of get, like yeah, trying you, trying to fight. You keep wanting to talk about it. <laughs> No, but I think this is because what he's saying is I'm not Elaine, I'm not scared of you. I'm not embarrassed at all. Look what I am capable of I'm doing right now. Look what's happening right now. Look at what I'm capable of right now. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, gorillas figured it out. I don't think I don't think that's necessarily the path. I don't think that's the that's objective. The, I don't think that's be the able path. To walk around with you. No. Wiener no hanging out. But I mean, I'm there's just, Teslas everywhere. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying that the ability, in certain circumstances, the ability to overcome your embarrassment, maybe maybe there is something to it. But I mean, you could play possum or you could stand back up and you could say, you could just own it and say, you know what, I tripped. I, has anyone else here ever tripped? I bet you've all tripped before. This could, it it could have been anybody. It'd be a nice speech Any to have prepared. Any of your people, yeah. it, could have been, it could have been you, not me. So shut your, shut your cake hole. Yeah, that might be. Stop m- laughing at me. Maybe more embarrassing. If you, I mean, that got a little aggressive, but I do think there is a good speech that you could have in your back pocket for when you embarrass yourself physically in mixed company. People in glass houses shouldn't throw stones or whatever yeah, the saying that. is. Okay. You bunch of hypocrites! That Whenever I feel embarrassed, I, should, I just wanna yell that at the world. Bunch of hypocrites! Try that on. Cray, crayfish on Twitter. My dad and my brother got into a fist fight over lima beans. Well, okay, were were they drinking? My brother fist fight. My sister and I ended up leaving and going to the mall. <laughs> Boy, th- I'm so intrigued by this. Because lima first of all, beans. let me just say I understand. <laughs> I mean, lima beans are worth fighting over. Is it that they both wanted the lima beans? There were some lima beans left over because it, I mean, I, as a bean lover, and they didn't get into a, a. It doesn't say get into a fist fight about lima beans. It was over lima beans, so it was like the, they were. It was under them. The lima beans were there, present, <laughs> and maybe taking this I think too you're literally. Taking it too too literal, um, man. I mean, is this the, is it of a leftover situation, or is this like that? You know, you didn't make enough lima beans. Going back for seconds. To me, this seems like the kind of situation where the brother, because a lot of times kids, they don't, they don't really understand things like you gotta, you can't just go back and get seconds or oh, thirds you're, before you're literally getting it down. You're you're making the fight about that. It could be about so. You many think things. it's about the recipe of lima beans? Well, as I'm not gonna weigh in on the fist fight part of this, but you know, in any family. Misunderstand altercations are usually not about the thing that it seems like they're about. Yeah, it's not really about lima beans, right? This is about the 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 son not meeting the father's expectations and the son feeling feeling judged and you know I don't know what it's about. <laughs> yeah, I say. I mean, 
I'm just taking her at her word. It was it's about lima beans, and I just said I I get I get how the passion, you know, can be inflamed by the lima bean. It's I know you don't particularly like lima beans, but I don't. As, but as someone who does, let me just say, I feel like I I can speak as an authority here that they are a special kind of bean. They're they don't they're almost like a different category of bean. Cause if you just think about, if you say beans, a lot of times people just think of like baked beans, you know, think of pinto beans, something like that. You kinda need to specify lima beans when you're talking about that usually much larger, flat. Lime flavored bean. Green, you know, brownish. And if you do it right, there was some ham hock there, maybe some fat back. Yeah. I mean, that's. You talking about a butter bean now. Uh, you, That's how you do lima beans as well. Oh. A lima bean is basically just a big butter bean. Yitzi Raven shared, when my sister was much younger, she by mistake lit her hair on fire by the Hanukkah menorah. Uh, we tell this story year to year to year, fast forward to last year, and her daughter, my niece, did the exact same thing, caught her hair on fire. My brother just said, just like your mommy, hashtag like mother like daughter. Man, you talk about it. Talk about an exciting Christmas, somebody getting their hair caught on fire. That'll do it. I mean, how many? Of course, I guess this is uh, not Christmas, this is Hanukkah. How many menorahs today are still like literal fire, right? The fun ones. But I think a lot of this has been replaced with, oh, there's one, there's an electric one. Flame bulbs, the bulbs that look like flames that don't move. I never fall for that, by the way. I've never once fallen for a, a bulb shaped like a flame and I thought that, wow, that's, that's, that's actually burning the candle. I've never fallen for that, I'm well, proud of that. Have you ever, there's, there's some in restaurants that are, um, that I think you would fall for. Oh, they're flicker? Yeah, they, they, they dance a little they've bit. Got, they've, got, they've got a thing in there that's spinning at an irregular rate that actually makes it look like it's a flame. Now when you get on top of it, you see, oh, that's not what's happening here. But if, okay, well when I'm on top of it, I wouldn't fall for it. Right, but if you just see it like, if you see it from a profile, or you see it from a distance. Okay, you, maybe, you maybe I've fall fallen for it. for it. I'm not gonna say I've never fallen for it. Boy, I mean, how many flames on a menorah? Eight? Well, I seems don't know. Like there would be a, seems like there would be an I think, an, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, an I'm, odd think, I'm gonna think there's 12. There's like one in the middle? Yeah, there's one in the middle. We're starting to whisper, because we really don't know. <laughs> All I know is there's uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential for flames here. I think it's thirteen. No, there's not that many. Oh gosh, we get. I mean, we got to look this up. How no, many? You know, as a as a former Baptist, the the closest that that we get to starting a fire during the holidays. Oh, we were right. There's nine. nine. Yeah. Yeah, nine is not a number that we had said. Um, is the Advent candles, and 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 what we would do? Uh, did they do this in your church? So you had the advent candles that during the advent season they you know you start lighting different candles on and you bring up a you you bring up a different family yeah. with their kids. Yeah. Yeah, and the we kids would do that. are often depending on what age they are, the kids are sometimes given script. Well, not only a script, but they sometimes they get to light the candles. Some families they let the families decide. Sometimes it's like the dad goes in there and is like, "Listen, I'm the dad, I'm going to light the candle." Yeah, and then sometimes it, it it's like well, we're gonna we're gonna let nothing shows nerves Susie more than having to light a candle with like that you gotta 
You gotta, the whole church. You gotta push on the thing, then you gotta pull the trigger. And you might get a weak one sometimes. Yeah, especially if you're one. in one of the later weeks, like yep. and they've really used that lighter a few times. Because you're using you're using two forms of pressure on one hand and you're yep. in front of people. And, and you're holding your kid. A lot of times you got holding your kid you're up. You're shaking too, probably. And you don't you're not used to getting up in front of the church. Right, right. And so it doesn't matter that these people everybody's pulling for you. No one, I mean, people judge judge you when you get up there, that's what people do, but everybody's pulling for you, and maybe it's a relatively small church, maybe there's 120 people, but you still have this flash, speak of, of embarrassment, you can't get the advent candle lit, oh, you're God. immediately embarrassed, and then there's the, like, then you're like, am I gonna say something, am I gonna make a joke? Is somebody gonna come up you know? to help me light this thing? Should I fall flat on my face and act like I've passed out? This is a scenario in which my dad was really good as a person in the actual congregation, of saying something to make everybody laugh. He'd yell from the pew? Oh yeah, he, 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 he'll. Stupid Stan, you can't light a candle. No, he'll say something like, I told him to get a new lighter. You know, he'll oh. say something that takes the pressure off yeah, of the person. not you. And then makes everybody laugh, and then the guy will like be like, yeah, 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 that's right, and then he'll go back to keep doing it. Jesus turned water into wine, let's see if he can light up that candle. That's usually not, that's not a good, good plan to invoke that. But that's that's the closest we can get to, uh, fire. You know, starting a fire. And I'm sure there's been some serious Advent fires. Well, if you leave them, if you leave them burning all week, which that I hate to burst your bubble, but like uh, trigger warning, put the kids away. If they're listening, send them away. They don't leave the Advent candles burning all week. You have to relight them. I bet you they do it. Like the, a, a the, Catholic church. I the bet further you, you go, the further you the further you go. If you're a later family, you have to relight all those other candles. Oh yeah. So there's lots of stuff to light. What a nightmare. Lady Buffberry tweeted, my Nana bought my husband and I sexy matching lingerie. <laughs> first of all, sexy I, have, I have several questions about this. The, first, the least of them is that your grandmother did this. How do you, what does the man wear to match with a woman's lingerie. Um, Have you ever worn anything like this? I've never had matching lingerie with my wife. No, no. I've Did never, you? I've never actually seen that. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, this is, I'm sure this is sexist, but uh, I've never, I've never really thought about in in a, in a lingerie situation what I was wearing. <laughs> right. I've never thought, well, what should, what, what should I have on right now? I've had, I've had some, um, I've had some underwear that I would never wear. Otherwise, I tried that a few times. What, like what, edible? <laughs> no, like uh, like um, special sexy briefs. Really? Yeah, I've had sex, I got, I got, I think I still have a pair buried in my in my drawer somewhere. It's like if you go like on a, a thong? Uh, no, it's not, <laughs> it, the cheeks weren't out, but it was, it was just more of a. Not boxer form, briefs. More form, it was just it was it was just a different kind of and a not brief. whitey tighties, right? Like they had like they're like red or something. They were made out of a different material, like a like a smoother material. Well, I think we might be getting closer to what Nana was thinking when she bought. She maybe it was like, well, I got, I kinda, got you. They were kind of satiny. I got you a little black teddy, and I got him a black thong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So maybe it didn't come in a set thong. Maybe it was just that's what she was getting at. Okay, well I didn't know about that. How how would you? How would you have known? <laughs> I, 
I'm not saying I didn't know about you doing that. Oh, I did. I did I, yeah, <laughs> you I did. didn't. You I didn't, didn't know about I it. I didn't really. I haven't thought about that aspect of it for me. It's but just, now I am. You know, just something a little fun. Okay, something a little fun. It's a uh, like a form fitting type thing. Now it's not for everyday use. You know, it's just a little. It's just a little novelty. I mean, it's like all the sexy lingerie. I guess there's people who like wear that stuff every day, like the real sexy stuff, like the lacy stuff. But I don't. I mean, unless you're like a dominatrix, <laughs> I don't think that it's something you wear all the time. Okay, okay. As your job, I, I think that these are just like matching boxers and like a like a teddy. I don't think this is like super lacy thong situation. But I mean, okay, now but now let's did get, Nana go that far. Let's get to the fact that your grandmother did it. Again, she knows you, how this. Got, she knows this. How right. This works. I know what y'all are doing. You know, it's not a surprise to me. Right. So I fully endorse this. I think this is. I think more grandma should give sexy lingerie. And now that I know that there's matching lingerie, that I, th- I think more of them should give that. Talk about the first time that Christy came over to visit, like my nana, and like all the Neils were together for dinner. Uh, after dinner. Nana was like, we should all get a picture. You know, everything was going so great with Christy. They were getting to know her for the first time. They loved her accent. She's one of us, they said. Nana was like, well, let's get a picture. And then we all got together. And then as they were ready to take the picture, she said, all right, on three, everybody say six. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so at a certain age, you're like, listen, let's just get over this. I mean, we didn't drink at the table, but we would say sex when you're taking a picture, boy. This this happened more than once? Like that was her go-to? Actually, no, that was the only time I'd ever heard her say that. How did people isn't that, react? Isn't that wild? Everybody laughed and the picture was taken and it was perfect. Yeah, I could see Nana, and, and, I mean that's her name as well, I could see Nana doing this almost as a joke, but also doing it seriously. Oh yeah. Live it up, So she hasn't, enjoy each other. She hasn't said anything about she hasn't done the sex picture thing since? It was just a one time thing? Yeah, it was still, it was a, never before or never after. She pulled it out at the perfect time. Kinda like that guy beside your Tesla. <laughs> okay, last one from Zach Stroud. When I was a kid, I wanted people to know I appreciated it when they gifted me clothes for Christmas. So to give the appearance of, I really care about this gift and don't wanna toss it aside like most gifted clothes, I would sniff them. <laughs> Not sure why. Went on for a few years. Well, Zach, I definitely understand the hyper awareness of when you open the gift. Everybody's that's the moment of the gifter to feel to feel joy. You know, to to be brimming with satisfaction of yes, the thing that I got weeks ago and wrapped lovingly. I'm seeing them open it right before my eyes, and look. They're happy about it. Even though they're a child and it's a shirt, he still seems happy about it. In fact, he's sniffing it. Yeah, nothing nothing feels like a better endorsement than sniffing something. I, I understand the, the, the principle. I would probably have stopped short Just from think. actually sniffing. I would have, I probably would have hugged it and like f- maybe fe- felt it against my face. And then I could see how that might actually, you get your wires crossed and all of a sudden you're sniffing a uh, polo shirt. Well, and I think it's all about what you do after you sniff it. Because I I imagine Zach is like sniffing it like, and then kind of looking at the gifter and just like, 
just kind of nodding and smiling. Like, it yes, does really convey you, cherishment. You, you know my heart. If you pull something to your nose, that's an intimate place, you know? The front of your face. Yeah, because if you serve somebody food and they smell it and. Savor it. Savor it's, it's, it, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's really, uh, Zach, I actually think you're onto something. I think that there, we, we could apply this to more things in life. Anything to where you know that someone is watching you to be get a sense of validation. It's like just incorporate a a, a long, like, uh, thoughtful sniff. I think this could be done in like legal documents, like the exchange of a document. Yeah. So like, if you you know, you you go through that process of when you buy a home, you have to sign like forty different things. You know. Mm -hmm. What if you would not only sign them but sniff them? This is this is this is making me think of our smell it but come up big. What is smell it? it and come up big signature? It's like you 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 do your autograph. See, you're talking about sig. We, oh wow! Somehow that, I, those yeah, two things just converge. But we said that if you sign your autograph and you you can come up big, you smell it and come up big. But do you smell it? I think so. I think there was a smell and then come up big. I don't remember. This is a moment, if you don't remember it happened on Good Mythical Moore, it was one of those silly moors where things just got off the rails. But we were talking about what's the weirdest thing you've ever signed on someone's body and we talked about how NASCAR drivers would would sign, sign boobies. boobies. And then somehow we were talking about like, sign it and come up big. There was no sniffing? I don't think there was <laughs> sniffing involved. Uh, but well, now there should be sniffing involved. Not if it's boobies. I mean, no, yeah, yeah. I'm talking. I'm talking about just for documents. Well, the, again, that's a signature, not an autograph. I just think when you're every gift should be should be breathed in deeply. I think it's a great way to convey acceptance, cherish, cherishment, appreciation. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. So nothing to be ashamed of here, Zach. You should just do it again. You need you to go start back to doing that. it again. Yeah. Sniffing clothes. I mean, whenever I, I, I have this sense of everybody's watching me open these gifts and I don't want anybody's feelings to be hurt. So what I would do when I got a, a clothes and I would be thinking I need to compensate for not being uh, excited about this as a kid, I would immediately put the clothes on. <laughs> like I, if it was a shirt, I would put the shirt on over my existing shirt. I was like, Nothing says that I'm willing to wear this shirt you got me more than actually wearing the shirt you got me right now. Wow, you did that. I would do that if it was a shirt or a sweater or a pullover. If it were pants, um, when when all the gifts were given, I might sneak away, try on the pants, and come back and say, "Hey, I tried on the I tried on the pants you got me." Because there's a question: Does it fit? Is he gonna, you know, I even get that. if you like to? So then it's like, oh look, I'm already in the pants you got me. Isn't this great? What if it and was then they a, one would of those relief. little black thongs from your nana? I'd wait on that. Again, they weren't thongs, the cheeks weren't out. Okay, a little tight fitting briefs. What's it called a banana hammock? A banana hammock, yeah, that, well. A butted banana hammock. Okay, would you try that on in front of your nana? No, I would not, I have not, I shall not, I don't want to. She doesn't want me to. No one wants me to except you. Do you think? And I, I'm not going to. I don't want you to. Do, do you think that People are going to try to find a way to do like Zoom gifting. I haven't even thought about this. Mail the gift and then then wait get on to Zoom open to, it on Zoom. I think for this holiday. I think I think we're, we we haven't thought about that. We should do that. Well, I think sniffing is a really really good thing 
in that context because there's only so many things you can say or do, yeah. but you can definitely bring whatever gift it, uh, it is up into your frame and sniff it. Okay. Well, I feel, I, I actually feel more ready looking back on this conversation for my next moment of being embarrassed. I feel like I've bolstered my loins a little bit and I'm just ready, I'm ready to not be as embarrassed when something embarrassing happens to me during the holidays. I'm gonna own it or I'm when? gonna put, I'm a, yeah, when. I'm gonna put it back on people. I got a recommendation if you're open for it. I'm open, open to for it. it and to it. Um wreck baby wreck baby one, two, three, four. Um me and Christy and Lando watched something, um, and we were all into it. If you got if you got a, a kid on the younger side, tennis, like Lando. I don't know if the older I think the older kids would have been into this, but they didn't they didn't watch it. Um, it's an it's an Apple TV series docu series called Becoming You. Hmm. Um, we just needed something to watch. We all the stuff that we watch as a family. If one of the family members isn't there, you can't watch it. So you got to have a little. It's just a little filler thing. Uh, just take it take it to fill in a gap in your life. But it's these. Um, is kids from around the globe and they've documented their first 2,000 days on Earth. Um, told through the eyes of 100 children across the world from Nepal to Japan to Borneo, each episode offers a thought-provoking look at how children learn to think, speak, and move from birth to age five. Um, it underscores how different our journeys can be but ultimately tells the story of our shared humanity and community when it comes to raising children. Uh, you got these cute kids that you're not responsible for and it is fascinating how they how they present it. Um, they talked about, there was this one kid who was, I swear he was only three years old, this kid in uh, Tokyo. And I know you don't say uh, that on I the- I don't do that on your biscuits. You don't do that on your biscuits, you don't do it on the show. But there's this, there's this thing called uh, My First Errand, and it's like a rite of passage for kids as young as three years old, could be like six or seven years old, and the kid goes out on his own errand. The, and they documented it on this, on the first episode, and they say, all right, you need to go pick up so-and-so from the grocery store. I love this. And then they, this kid is three years old, and he's like, He's he's walking around Tokyo like using public transportation, going to the bodega. Oh my goodness! And really? like they, and they the cameras weren't too hidden because they like filmed the interaction with the bodega. And he's like, "Do you have money?" And it's but so it's, the parents are the parents like this is a Japanese tradition. The but, parents are not there. The parents do not follow them. This would be controversial in America. And they come back. the 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 kids comes back with an understanding of. A new level of capability at three, as young as three. That's how old this kid was, and yeah, and it's a it's a rite of passage in Japanese culture called My First Errand. And in fact, there's a television show in Japan where they have hidden cameras and they document kids doing this, their first errand. So it's like something that like everybody knows about. You'll see like a three year old kid just walking walking. Along the crosswalk, and so you don't say, and they know. Do you need to know? Do you, are you looking for your mommy? It's like, no, I'm getting a pack they, of cigarettes for my granddad. They <laughs> they all assume that that's what's happening. Yeah, the, and this television show, yeah. I would love to watch it. Hajimite no Atsukai or My First Aaron, 
has been running for more than 25 years. Oh my goodness, this is a thing. Isn't that so cool? So that was just a little part of episode one, but and they skip between all these kids to like show the development process, and it's um, it's very heartwarming, and you, and you learn some stuff. I didn't know about my first errand, and it's too late for our kids now. Twenty five years that show's been running over there. I mean, in America, you get you get arrested for letting your kids go to the playground without your being being there. I mean, there was like there there was a well, and it. I've never been to Tokyo, but I mean, in this one article I was reading, they were. It's culturally they, different. It's different. Like those parents would say, I would never set my kid loose in New York City or, right, or yeah, somewhere else yeah, to, right. do the, yeah. to, to do their first errand. Yeah, if it's a culturally accepted thing, super low crime, that kind of thing, then it's, it's, a, it's a different thing. Uh, but wow. So I, I've only watched episode one, I watched it last night, but uh, you know, I recommend it. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Okay, I'll, I'll think about watching it now that you recommended it. Yeah, just just that's all I ask. Think, think about, about it. it. And you know what? Next time you're in an embarrassing situation, just do what that guy did next to your Tesla and just shake it off. <laughs> Been sitting on that one. Um, okay, so we, we is it we is next week the last episode of this season? Kiko? Yeah. Am I right about that? Okay, yes. We're so doing our top 10. Fair warning, yeah, we're doing each doing our top 10 of 2020 like we've been doing for the past couple of years and that'll be the last episode of, uh, of 2020. And we'll come back not too far into the new year with the next season. I gotta start working on my list. Hashtag Ear Biscuits. <laughs>